The following podcast contains some strong language and some very average opinions. Any references to actual people are wildly inaccurate. It's probably best if you don't listen at all. The Roaring Peacock Podcast. Welcome back to the Roaring Peacock Youth Podcast, episode number 11. I'm your host, Ross. With me, as ever, is Rob. Hello. And Matty. Hello, everybody. How are we, boys? Good? Had a good week? Yes. Very good, thank you. Good, good, good. Right, we're going to introduce a new segment this week. We're going to be uh, having a little, little news roundup of stuff that's happened this week. We're also going to get into the really good, enjoyable game that was the Leeds 2-1 victory against Newcastle. And we're going to preview... The upcoming game against West Brom. Before we get into our player profile of uh, Elia Capriel this week, who had a storming game. So another great player to profile after they've had a great week or before they've had a great week. I think we're kind of influencing the under-23s, boys, aren't we? You say enjoyable for that Newcastle game. Probably the most stressful game of the season. <laughs> we, used to, we used to just running away with games and being able to chill out a little bit for the last 10 minutes. But it was like yeah. watching the first team. I was so stressed in that last 10 minutes. <laughs> It felt like a football first team game. It, it really, really did. did. Uh, but yeah, let's start with some news first. We don't really do this normally, but um, Rob, you got you found some bits and pieces this week. Busy week. Yeah, there's loads of little things happening in and around the the youth uh, uh, squads. I think in general, depending on when people are listening to this or watching this, if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, this could be new news or old news because it's just kind of uh, hit us today that we've seen that unfortunately Max Dean seems to have picked up what looks to be an ominous looking injury. I hope it's not too serious, but looking at the the lad's Instagram with no official comment from the club or, or anything yet, um, he's wearing what looks like a protective boot on his right foot. Um, and obviously there's some, there's some crutches in the picture as well, which seems to indicate that that is not going to be a short-term injury. So all the best to him, speedy recovery, yeah. but um, I, I don't know, you know, he's in a rich vein of form for the 23s when he's been stepping up. Um, and, uh, the, t- the 18s are back. We're going to be talking about later in the cup actions this week. So it's a shame that he's, uh, he's he's got himself an injury. I'm assuming a training injury, but he's back with the 18s this week, isn't he, for the for the Youth Cup games. Now Greenwood and Gelhart are kind of off the bench from the first 11. He seems to have yeah. dropped down to 18s again. And yeah, it's an ominous looking injury. Wish him a speedy recovery, but that's kind of crept in. Um, so sorry to start the recording on a downer, um, everyone that's listening. On to more positive things. Um, I did also see that we've taken a young lad on trial from Hibs from over the border in Scotland. Um, he's recently signed a professional contract with, with Hibs, but he's trialing with us for a, a look to a professional move uh, to us in the summer, potential move on a professional contract to us in the summer, should I say. Um, Ethan Laidlaw, a 16-year-old um, forward, another striker. Seems like we're just made up of centre-backs and strikers these days. Um, but I'm sure, knowing uh, Jacko and Bielsa, he probably plays left-back as well, or goalkeeper, I don't know, something, some versatility in there. Um, and he's on trial, so it'd be interesting to see if anything comes of that um, over the coming weeks. Matty, have you, do you know anything about him? Yeah, I've not, uh, I've not heard much of him and obviously not uh, seen much of him. Although I do take uh, avid interest in a lot of youth team games. It's not just Leeds that I watch. I can't say I've watched many Hibs under-18s games. <laughs> I'm not your man, unfortunately. Uh, we'll see what happens with the trial and hopefully he links up with the under-18s. And, and we've got another um, another Joe Gala or Sam Greenwood on our hands. But yeah, not seen anything of him up until now. Oh, well, yeah, hopefully it works out. We'll hear some news. If anyone knows anything, 
put, put something in the comments, let us know. Um, I think also as well, just probably worth mentioning uh, a couple of uh, international call-ups for the 23s or to the international 21s, but from our 23s. So um, obviously Melier from the first team um, because of his age, it's worthwhile mentioning. But actually in terms of players that we've been profiling and looking at, Huggins um, yeah. has made it to the, to the international scene, hasn't he, again? Yes, promising, really promising for the future that get these boys mixing in with the, the first team international players like Gareth Bale, as Huggins is now a striker, if you believe the uh, fancy Premier League, which we'll come on to in a second. <laughs> it is interesting yeah. to see where Huggins might play for Wales because I'm mm. not sure when he la- when he last played, but uh, he's since changed to a, le- a left wing back, a left back. He's played as a number eight, so I'm not sure what Wales' squad is looking like, where they need players, but probably good to have someone like Huggins in the team who can who can fit in anywhere. And like you say, if he can start mixing in with that first team, players yeah. like Gareth Bale, uh, Aaron Ramsey and, and players like that, obviously it's, it's nothing but a good thing and another good yeah. experience for him, mixing it with the first team at Leeds and then mixing it with fully world-class players like Gareth Bale can, can only be a good thing for Huggins and, and for Leeds as well. Yeah. He's playing He's playing left-back for the under-23s, Rob. Um, Fantasy Premier League have him marked down as slightly different to that, don't they? Yeah, apparently he's a striker, which um, <laughs> I think our fearless leader Donny noticed that now Huggins is listed as a £4.5 million striker on Fantasy <laughs> Premier League if anyone fancies signing him. Um, selected by 0.1% of the global fantasy population. So at least there's some people that fancy him starting as a number nine now. Patrick uh, Bamford might be a little bit cropped for him. and his family, isn't it? I was going to say him and his brother and his sister or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably it. But yeah, um, an odd choice, but good to see more Leeds players in there, especially youth ones. Uh, any more? Any more news for any more, Rob? The only thing to mention um, and, and necessarily promote if there are any people who are listening or have got subscriptions to uh, The Athletic who listen mm. to us, then there was a very interesting piece um, which was uh, done around uh, Robbie Gotts on The Athletic. Um, yeah. it, was a, it was a very interesting article, actually, um, and well worth the read by Phil Hay. Um, and it talks about um, the kind of strap line is eating less, running more, Bielsa's stats and blisters versus Arsenal. Uh, and it was a good uh, a good little uh, article there by Phil Hay and the team over at The Athletic around uh, Robbie Gotts. So I enjoyed reading it. Yeah. Inspired by I'm me, sure. was it, Phil? Was Phil inspired <laughs> by me with that one? I can say, if you want to see Robbie Gotts' interview, check out uh, Matty's uh, YouTube channel. Which... <laughs> <laughs> um, let's get on with the games then, boys. We played Newcastle uh, this past, um, well, yesterday, in fact. And... I mean, for me, it was a it was a proper game of football. Some of these under twenty three games this season have been too easy. They've been a walk in the park and have not been as enjoyable. This one was a proper proper game of football, and I really enjoyed this. We came out two one winners in the end, thanks to uh, a penalty from Joe Gohart and Charlie Creswell with a Gohart assist. So Gohart had a good game. Uh, Christian Atsu scored for Newcastle, but he's a an international footballer whose teams have paid massive amounts of transfer fees for in the past. So. Slightly unfair levels, but you know we still won. Yeah, a good a good win. I had to grind it out in the end. Not not a pretty one, um, but a, a good win nonetheless. Newcastle had some some good some good players. Uh, Elliot Anderson, who I think anyone who watched the reverse fixture would have known was going to be their key man. They had first teams in, like say Atsu scored the goal, and Henry Saive, who I believe Saive multi million pound midfielder at one point. Um, yep, definitely. So, uh, yeah, they neither 
Uh, Atsu had a few a few good touches, but I honestly did not notice Saiva in the game at all. Anderson is a good player. Had a good battle with uh, Cock in the first half, who I'm sure uh, you both agree looked very very sound in midfield. And yeah, now now I think I'd have a bit more faith in him stepping into midfield for Phillips. I, I was aware it was a position he could play. I think he's played it there for Freiburg, and I, I think I'm I'm pretty sure I've seen him play it for Germany uh, once or twice, but. I can't say I remembered how he was there or how he went about his business business in there, but he looked comfortable. He, he made good movements, even ventured forward, which is pretty rare when midfielders step into holding midfield role. Uh, sorry, when defenders step into holding midfield, they don't. They they just sit in front of the back four and and try and yeah. keep things simple. Cock was making runs forward. Um, I was really impressed with him, but yeah, Newcastle were a very good side, and obviously it's good it's good to test ourselves with. Against these against these teams, it's no good just playing and beating teams four four nil every week and having it easy. Obviously, we've had a few good tests over recent weeks. Uh, the loss at Palace and then uh, the Reading game. Even though I think we ended up three nil winners, they were they were a good side. But Newcastle, one of the best teams we've played this season, definitely. It's That's strange that over the, the table. Yeah. They looked much better. Cannot some of the things we've understand. Played. I cannot understand why they are why yeah. they're bottom. Maybe it's just a case of stepping up to play Leeds, who knows? But um, yeah, I thought they were a very good team and that makes it a very good win Good win for us. Maybe lucky, I think probably fair to say they deserved a draw, I think, to be honest. Uh, although Capriel made two or three very good saves, they were also quite bad misses. Anderson should have scored twice, uh, at least was twice. Anderson the Albino looking lad running around? Number 10, Anderson was. I remember if I was him. Was one of them had like just pure white hair. <laughs> yeah, I think that was number number six or number eight. Anderson was the number oh, right. ten. Uh, should have scored twice. Had like yeah, really yeah. bad misses. Um, mm. But good saves equally from Capriel. And yeah. maybe maybe we got away with it. But a two-one win, and we'll go on to West Brom. Yeah, you mentioned Cock there in midfield. It's it's promising if Calvin does get injured or God forbid leaves. You have. You have the, the four centre backs basically, but if Cox playing defensive midfield and Lorente can play there as well, they just they're just going to interchange throughout the game, and one can push on, one can drop in. It's promising that these these have got a lot of players that can play these sort of positions now. Yeah, I think the good thing about the Cox situation, <laughs> excuse the pun, uh, <laughs> is uh, is that with uh, obviously it looks like Coops is going to be missing. I, I think the the Scotland manager came out didn't he and said today he had a, he had a chat with him and it looks as though he would have he would have potentially made the third international. But he's yeah. not been called up because he, he doesn't want to break that training camp to, to let him just play the last game. So it was agreed he'll miss all three. So he's going to miss the Fulham game for us, and then he's mm. going to have the international break. So if Cooper's illness goes on beyond that point, you've got to think obviously it's Lorente and Struik in centre back. But having Koch been able to play both CDM and CB means that he can cover Calvin, and like you yeah. mentioned, he could cover Lorente or Struik if one of them, you know, gets injured or, or takes a book in and. Bielsa feels like he's got to make that switch then mm. I do think the Robin Cock situation is is good at the minute he's coming back from injury looked confident in the game um, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, he's smart smart plays ball through for uh, Gelhart when the penalty uh, for the Stonewaller uh, I thought was a really clever ball and like Matty said he looked comfortable stepping forward I think mm. when we signed him there was a clip going round which showed that he demonstrated it. someone had got a clip off the international scene where he'd pinged a ball in for Germany and it went over um, it, it wasn't a through ball as such. It was kind of an over-the-top ball. But again, he's got passing range. So, you know, yeah. 
Of course, he's not going to be taking the CDM role off Calvin anytime, <laughs> but it's good to know that he can step in where we've been missing that. Um, if Calvin's out of the squad, we've, we've looked he just at looks him. solid, doesn't he? Yeah, like, yeah, there's something about Lorente. There's a bit of madness about Lorente. You're not yeah. quite sure what he's going to do. Whereas Cox just looks like a proper German centre back. German you know efficiency, exactly isn't it? What he's going to do? Yeah. <laughs> All business. Get the get yeah. the get the job done. But no, the game was good. Um, I, I agree with Matty. I think it was enjoyable to see uh, someone try and make us honest. Try and you know make us look like we need to perform to win it, which is nice to see. Not that uh, we've had it all our way recently with the Palace result, but um, game management, we speak about it week in, week out. The game management in the last 10 minutes was outstanding. I think Shackleton brought a sensibility about that, a real solid, solid approach to just managing that game IQ, and it helps the young lads around him. Greenwood and Gelhart's running in the first 10 minutes was just out of this world that was world class um, if you want to show young lads how to play 9 and, and 10 or a kind of forward midfield role in 9 then the first 10 minutes of that game showed off the ball running and, and an intelligence level for their age which is wonderful um, Cresswell what can we say he did his he got his highlight real turn as well as his uh, goal as well um, so yeah I mean having said that Newcastle battled um, give them some yeah. credit they they had a fluid play to get the goal back I agree with Matty I think Anderson missed a couple of chances that really looking back he should have put away and that would have made things even more interesting the only thing I will say and it's not to question tactically why we made that decision but I don't think the switch to a back three um, for the last 20 minutes suited us I don't, don't know why um, we, we praised versatility in the past but it just I think we needed to nullify Newcastle they were on the ascendancy and we needed potentially to keep shape because it was working but for whatever reason we switched that back three for the last 20-30 minutes ish um, and I think Ben Parker mentioned it on the commentary but I do agree I think that stifled our attacking threat we looked defensively solid but we lost mm. some creativity going forward Shackleton had to take it by the scruff of the neck and see it out for us so yeah yeah, good game what did you think to Ben Parker on Cocoms? he's been away for a while um, yeah. which I found unusual but yeah hmm. I mean COVID, nice to see he was away because of Covid restrictions COVID. like so uh, right. they couldn't be in the same studio recording so I'm not I think they found a way of getting around that now but I think for Tom's sake having Ben on, his, <laughs> on there <laughs> is good because I mean I really don't envy the job Thomas do, and he makes it up. He makes it seem so easy to to commentate yeah. on a game by himself. Yeah. Uh, there's never any sort of awkward silences or anything that no, he gets no. wrong. He, he he gets it spot on. Obviously, a good friend of the podcast. We seem to mention Tom Hill every week. Bit of a Ryan Peacock celebrity, but um, yeah, to, for for Tom's sake, I'm glad to see Ben on there because it makes his job a little bit easier and yeah. a bit of a different bit of a different outlook on things as well so good to see them getting back to full coverage Speaking of the production obviously again we spoke about that most weeks as well for the for the game did you notice or maybe it was just me there seemed to be more fans or people connected with the club on the far side railings this week um, than there has been in there previous games yesterday because there is a, a man who looks suspiciously like him just sat on his own just to one side of the dugouts. Probably. Probably He's been there many times before, hasn't he? He went, yeah, went to I'm the... Sure he he went to... Ke- was it Kettering? The away Kidderman, stadium. Kidderminster. Yeah. Kidderminster, that was it. Sorry, Kidderminster, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, there just seemed to be a lot more people about yesterday uh, mm. uh, Thorpe Archer around the ground. It seemed to be busy. I mean, I can't wait till we can get crowds down and these boys are going to see a, what a real... Especially the ones that are new signings are going to see what a real loyal fan base is. At yeah. Leeds before they even put a first team shirt on some of them. Um, 
but it seemed a bit busier. So let's hope things are pointing back to good signs. If there's more people allowed round and we've got co-commentators back and things like that, then hopefully if we keep driving the infection rate down in the communities, we'll see people back at Thorpe Arch watching the game soon enough. Yeah, especially before the season ends. Um, all in all, then, that leaves us still top of the table. We've played 21-15, drawn just the one game, just like the first team, and uh, only lost four. 46 points. We are 13 points ahead of Stoke, who do have two games in hand. Uh, we've only got four games left, so that is 12 points. We just need, what, one or two more wins? And that is, that's it, it's wrapped two up. Two wins, two wins from yeah. the last four, and that's providing Stoke when uh, they have two games, games in hand, I think. So, yeah. yeah, they have six to go. We have four to go. Yeah. 13-point uh, gap. So, if Stoke win every single game, we need to win two out of our last four. Uh, whether Stoke can win all six, don't know. I don't know. I don't yes. know but, uh, but, yeah, that'll be a tough one for them. Um, yeah. But, yeah, two wins, two wins to go. Brilliant. So close. It's almost there. We're almost there. <laughs> Uh, look, let's get into our player profile this week then, mate. We did a, uh, you put the tweet out yesterday, um, yeah. the four players involved, and one of them won by quite a landslide again this week. Yeah, it always seems to, always seems to be a landslide winner. Um, I like April with 42%. Uh, Jenkins yeah. missed out again, uh, 27%. <laughs> Ollie Casey missed out again, and Liam McCann week, missed out again. Yeah, so it's kind of, this has kind of been a bit of a repeating um we should uh, just make Paul, it a three-person like poll next week with those three guys, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so we get one of them done. But uh, yeah, Capriel, I think, won the vote purely because he was so good against Newcastle. I think definitely his best game in the Leeds shirt. Um, he's been improving a lot, actually, recently. I've, I've, we've yeah. mentioned this for the last couple of weeks. I just think his distribution has been getting better and his decision-making. Uh, never questioned his ability to actually be able to you know, ping passes to the full-backs or clip him into midfield, etc. But just sometimes he did it and it wasn't on. I remember mm. there was a, a goal he gave away early in the season. He kicked it short from a goal kick and end, ended up giving Sunderland a penalty when they got a goal back. Um, and just a couple just a couple of bad bad passes in, in recent weeks. But then the last couple of weeks especially, I think the Wolves game and today yeah. I think he's been excellent. Uh, sorry, yesterday he's been excellent. Only 19. Uh, signing from Kiev over Rona, the second division Italian team. He's six foot three, which I think he looks small. I always he thought does, he, looked, he doesn't look six, doesn't three, look does six foot three in the goal. He looks quite small. I'm not sure if that's because he's next to, I don't know if it's the angles of the camera. I don't know if it's because <laughs> Casey and Cresswell in front of him and they're both quite big lads, so they make him look a bit small. I'm not sure. But yeah, six foot three, which is obviously a good height for a keeper. Um, he's contracted until twenty twenty three, and he has one cap for Italy under eighteens, and that was in February twenty nineteen. And then for Leeds this season, he's been on the bench a lot of times, and I feel like that's why another reason people want us to talk about him. Mm. If Melier gets injured, it's pretty realistic Capriol could could play with. No one seems to really know the Casilla situation, but the bench changes every week. Sometimes it's Capriol, sometimes it's uh, Casilla. Mm. So, obviously, it's important that people find out a little bit about Capriol. Um, and it's 15 games, four clean sheets in the PL2 this season, which doesn't sound great, but for a team top of the league, uh, obviously, we have got one of the best defences in, in the league still. Um, I don't know if the change in 
the rotation affects the clean sheets. I don't know if the centre back pairing being inconsistent affects the clean sheets. I'm not. I'm not too yeah. sure. But it is just quite a high scoring division, isn't it? So yeah, there's not to many expect, clean sheets. No, to expect to expect you know ten ten clean sheets or something like that would be a bit unrealistic. So yeah, the four clean sheets, but more more so than anything, we've just got to talk about his improvement uh, mm. recently. Uh, he he dropped one catch yesterday where there was one one sort of like nervy moment from a cross, but other than that he was completely spot on. Nothing he could do about the goal. It was a goal from close range. Um, but yeah, the the three saves from Anderson in particular were just excellent. And without him yesterday, they they wouldn't have won. They wouldn't have won the game. So no, definitely not. Obviously, a, a big performance from him yesterday. And, uh, whether he has the credentials to fill in for Melee, I'm, I'm not too sure. I'm not sure how he would get on if that came about. Um, maybe needs seems probably want a bit more confidence. I think for a keeper, that's quite a big deal. With Melee, Melee didn't come into the side and smash it straight away. I know he had a lot of clean sheets, but he also had a lot of those nervy moments. Um, yeah. So yeah, for for him, I think it's just about confidence and and keeping learning and obviously running a run of games in the 23s rather than Kiko coming in seems to have really helped because there was that spell spell where Kiko was, was playing some weeks and then Capriel would get yeah. dropped but I'm not sure how many that's get, that's how many games he's played in a row now but it seems like three or four um, so yeah hopefully that continuity helps him and he can see out the season with a few more clean sheets and, um, and a few strong performances and then well, hopefully we don't have to rely on him for the first team, but if we do, I'm sure if his confidence builds, he'll do a good job just like Melia did. Yeah, exactly. We've got a pretty good history of just throwing these young keepers in. And yeah, yeah. Doing it worked for Melia. So Melia. Yeah, exactly. It worked for Melia, so hopefully it'll work for Capriol. Maybe maybe that's what it needs, just um, you know, something something to happen to Melia. He gets thrown in and turns, turns into a brilliant keeper, but... If yeah. not, I think just keep him in the 23s. Like I said, he's only 19, so no rush. And for a keeper, you just need to build. You just need to build them up. No keeper really takes the world by storm at you know 19 no. years of age. So it, we talk about giving these lads two or three years. Caprino could realistically have you know five or six years before he turns into it. Before he finds his peak. So yeah, yeah, we'll see. But he's he's been promising recently, and a lot of improvement recently from him. Yeah, I was like to look at these young players uh, and their agency. He's represented by Promo Esports, which is a bit of a weird uh, agency to be represented by. <laughs> but on their books, they've got players like Adama Traore, um, Eric Bailly, and also a certain Mr. Caleb Ekuban as well. So <laughs> maybe he talked him into joining Leeds. <laughs> I don't know, but not not many massive, more massive players on their books than that, which is, I don't know, it provides me with a little bit of comfort that he's not going to just get sold on to another club just cause, to make money off of him. No, they all seem the players that are there have been at their clubs for quite a while, so that's uh, something I quite like to see, I suppose. But get well, a word in with Adama and get him <laughs> on <laughs> Yeah, see, I don't, yeah, I don't think we need another winger right now. No, we probably <laughs> don't. But it's a constant, <laughs> that's a, that's it's a a constant conversation rumor, we're in it? for a time. It is. It's just he's a constant been linked with us yeah. yeah, I think yeah. Um, we've got him on contract to twenty twenty three. Yeah, Gabriel, he's there with us to twenty three. So you know, um, I must admit, I wasn't you know 
raving about the chat before the last few games. I think, like Matty said, there's definitely been a marked improvement. You don't yeah. really normally, uh, or I don't at least anyway, sorry for those that do take goalkeeper analysis very seriously, but I don't particularly look at um, goalkeeping shot-stopping stats and aerial catches and things like that when we're recording these pods or when when I do research. It's just natural to look at the, the outfield 10, isn't it? And you, you, yeah. you judge the keeper's performance on... Did he come and collect his crosses? Has he commanded the area? Has he let in goals? How many have he shipped? And is that the defensive frailty or is that just you know poor keeping? And yeah. then and, and and did he stay on the pitch? Did he slide in and do some reckless to get a red card and give away a penno? And if he does does all those things fairly well, you think the keeper's had an all right game. So um for me, he's gone under the radar, I think, because we've got such a good outfield 10 um that's been quite you know interchanged so attentions have been focused he's quietly gone about his business which i like he's not yeah. trying to make something of himself and you know it was really nice to see on the social media accounts of the young lads yesterday quite a few of them praise him um mm. i think it was cody drama who'd said look i didn't have a particularly good game i was all right but look at this guy look at the shots he made he kept us in the game kind of thing uh in, yeah. not, in not so many words but you know i, I think he's definitely probably uh, got room to grow. I agree with Matty. Apart from the the young lad at Milan, who's now like played more games than most oh, senior yeah. goalkeepers do in their life, <laughs> there's yeah. there's not many goalkeepers that come in and do that. Is there? It's very very rare. So yeah, yeah, we probably won't see him regularly as long as we've got Melier in the first um, in the number one role in the in the primary keeping position. But I think when the Kiko situation re- resolves itself in whatever format it does, um, I'd expect him to be our secondary uh, I think he's good enough I think he's got that about him just needs to keep developing and um, yeah I, li- I liked what I saw yesterday really good shot stopping yeah Conf- confident I used to be a goalkeeper I'm six foot seven I kind of watched him a little bit more than other uh, players but he does look he looks especially in his last few weeks he's played the last four games since the night he missed the Reading game but he's been in goal since then and he, he is looking more and more confident and it's his his distribution as well. A lot earlier on in the season, a lot of people were getting on his back for his wayward distribution, and it, it, it happens to all keepers. Melier as well had it earlier in the year. But just getting more confident and knowing where your players are going to be, like those pinging those balls out to Huggins and Drama on the uh, kind of in the wing back positions. That's what our keepers need to be able to do, and he's he's getting very good at it. And yeah, like I suppose he is probably second choice because Kiko has seemed to throwing his toys out of pram if you believe all the social media stuff about him that's been going on but I mean honestly I don't want to see him anywhere near the club ever again so Capriol's fine for me to sit on the bench and hopefully nothing happens to him because he's a very very good keeper um, but yeah I wouldn't be I wouldn't be like distraught if Capriol had to play it wouldn't be a, a, a travesty here, like an no. automatic defeat. I think. No, I can I can see us keeping, you know, hopefully, hopefully keeping Melier and and he be our number one for many, many, many years to come. In yeah. whatever variations, I think if unfortunately it's quite sad, years, but hopefully. long after Bielsa goes, which is blasphemy to say, and 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 a few of the first teams that we talk about will probably move on. I think hopefully he'll still be there. Once you get a keeper like that, which who can only go, you know, up in terms of ability and quality and maturity and game management, IQ and so on, all the attributes that we talk about, um, it's good. And I think for someone like Capriol, I don't know him, I'm just assuming if you are a person who's got to go through that psychologically and think, I might not get a run in the first team here, you probably got career decisions to make. So he's under contract with us till 23. He's yeah. definitely going to want to be the understudy. He want to solidify that second place when the Kiko situation is re- resolved. Uh, and I assume... 
because he is that slight bit younger in terms of his 19, I think, uh, still, isn't he? So he's got time. Develop. You know, he's going to get games in the PL2 Division 1, hopefully next year. Um, he will also, you know, get the chance to mix it with the first team and potentially start in the League Cup or the FA Cup. And I know we notoriously don't have good runs in those cups, but... <laughs> get a game uh, or two. You get one game. Uh, it's all good cup when we get knocked games. out. But yeah. it is. It is. And I think... For him, I don't, like I said, I don't know him. I don't know what's going through his mind. He looks like a chap that's enjoying his football. He's going about it under the radar, just getting on with his business. Uh, and his, his performances have improved, which yeah. is good to see. Yeah. I think he's got a, he's got to take confidence from Melia's situation. Melia was yeah. the under-23 keeper, first-team keeper now. Uh, it took, obviously, Kiko's ban for Melia to get a game. Uh, hopefully, Melia doesn't do anything that, anything Kiko-esque to to give Capriel a game but you know if, if anything does happen an injury or a suspension Capriel's got to take confidence from the fact that Melia could do it Melia stepped up and yeah, yeah. so he can do it so yeah the the way he goes about him you don't see him a lot on social media he seems like a quiet guy um, that strikes me as someone who's focused and yeah. uh, got a good head on his shoulders so obviously we don't we don't know him just speculating but I think he seems like a quiet guy, uh, focused, which is what you want your keeper to be, obviously. So, yeah, obviously wish him well and hopefully he can solidify that uh, backup yeah. spot. Young yeah. professional going about his business, isn't he? Young professional, yeah. my chap. At least it, it looks that way. Um, That's just that, that sums up Leeds as a whole right now. A lot of our two players are just these you, guys. Young and professional their doing their thing. Yeah. And enjoying exactly. their football. They look like. Yeah. You know, I know the Newcastle game was heart in mouth for us who watch the 23s more than, you know, maybe some casual fans do or people who are not into the youth setup and only focus on first 11. But actually, even though it was a hard fought game, I think because Newcastle made us honest with it, it, it looked like some of them were relishing that. I think yeah. Shackleton, especially, Shackleton mm-hmm. looked like he really enjoyed coming in and supporting that cast of younger players because he himself is kind of at the older end of that young yeah, spectrum yeah. but he's still young and he came in and sort of said look this is what experience I've brought from from being around the first 11 and um, I know some of you've been up there but let's see it out let's see the result out and yeah. really 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 pleasing they, they, quite a lot of them had smiles on their faces and a few little fist pumps when the full time whistle went which is nice to see they don't yeah. just think it's home and hosed they've got a, biz- a job to do and they're all focused on getting to the division one yeah, I'm sure Jacko's doing a cracking job of keeping them more grounded. Like you don't celebrate this until it's confirmed, and just keep doing what you're doing. So there we go. We'll see more of Capril hopefully in action against uh, West Brom this Monday at two o'clock. Look at that for a segue, boys. Um, where are West Brom in the table? How are they doing? They are second bottom, just above Newcastle. <laughs> Well, as we, we know, it means nothing. nothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And West Brom, West Brom, was it three two, three two? I believe they were beating us, and we came from behind in that in that win. Um, two one, it was two one. Two one, yeah. Yeah, they were one 0 up after ten minutes, and then yeah. Roberts and Costa scored late in the last five straight. minutes. Two goals in the last five minutes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, West Brom will be another tough challenge. Uh, it's away, obviously. So I don't have the luxury of a beautiful picture of Thorpe Arch, but see what I'm sure West Brom should be in good condition. But obviously, it's always more difficult going away. Um, hopefully, we can do the business. But like I say, West Brom will be another another tough game, and hopefully, another win towards towards the title. 
How good was that to see a Leeds team playing at home on a nice football pitch? Yeah, I was just about to say, the first 11 don't have the luxury of a nice pitch, so at least the 23s have got Thorpe Arch, which looks a damn sight better than other. No right? wonder they all enjoy dropping down so much. Yeah. Rodrigo and Cock have been excellent and look like they really enjoyed it when they've dropped down recently. It's because yeah. of the pitch, I never thought of that. You can actually play football on it. Yeah, they don't, they don't, they don't come away from it feeling like they've been in the Battle of the Somme. <laughs> Uh, predictions then boys I'm going to go for another win I think none of us got a spot on last week because um, Newcastle did score a goal um, I'm going to just go for a comfortable 2-0 this week I think just uh, no worries an early goal and then one kind of midway through the second half Matty what do you reckon I'm going to go for a 2-0 as well oh look at that Rob make it a full house no I'm going for a KG one all draw Ooh, okay. Oh, no. Some pressure on these it's, it's, the fir- it's the first time I've really felt like I think just with everything that's going on, potentially yeah. there'll be that. There's always that kind of um, part to the story, isn't there? The stumble. Is it going to, can Stoke that's get us, you know? Coming out, and I, I think, uh, I think, <laughs> I think it, a KG1 will draw and then we'll see the business out in the next two. All right, fair enough. As long as we don't suddenly collapse. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm not you, predicting right? any collapses. <laughs> Sounds like you are. Rob, have you got faith or not? No, I am not predicting collapses. Have you got faith in Jacko or not? I have pure faith. Jacko, wow, and play the younger kids. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're doing a great job, Jacko, and so are all the boys. And yeah, if, if we do collapse, uh, get in the comments on YouTube and blame Rob. Um, you can do that on, <laughs> us on YouTube at the Roaring Peacock. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Peacock's Raw. Uh, you can find me at Twitter at Rosbo1984. Where can they find you, Rob? No, they can't because I've predicted the collapse. So <laughs> just ignore me. I'm not. A, I'm a myth. Fair enough. Uh, Matty, where can they find you? At Matty underscore Ingham 17. And then for reaction to Academy Games, uh, a few extra bits here and there uh, at LUFC Academy News on Twitter as well. Nice. I think someone's asked you to write up a piece on uh, Capriel, haven't they? On Capriel, yeah. I'll, get, I'll have to get around to that. I've got one no Creswell one up on the site and that's the only one I've managed to get done so far. So I'll try to look a bit more in-depth at Capriel and then you can check the Creswell one out as well. So a few nice. listeners asking us to do a video on Creswell. So uh, if you still wanted mm. to see that, you can find it on the playlist of the youth pods on the Roaring Pickup YouTube. And then if you want to find even more about Charlie Creswell, then there is an article on the on my website as well. So you can find more about him there. Look at that. We've got you covered from every angle. And yeah, uh, if you want us to talk about a player that we don't put in the polls or... Um, just check the YouTube first. Make sure we haven't already talked about them because you could be missing yourself out on a good 15 minutes worth of chat about all your favourite players for the kids. But there we go. Until we are back uh, probably this time next week with another victory or maybe a draw if you're a pessimist <laughs> like Rob. Um, it's goodbye from me. Yeah, it's goodbye from Matt. <laughs> bye. Thank you for having me. And it's goodbye from Rob. Bye-bye. And we'll see you next week. Most of our stats come from LUFC Stats or LUFC Data on Twitter. A very special thanks to Barney Stewart, Cooper Ewan and Howard Metcalf, Josh Pearson, Laura, Leon and Rob, The Light Show and all our family and friends. So many games to play, don't care what's on your mind.